episode of the Good News Cast. Last week, we talked a bit about talking to non-Christians, answering questions, objections, things like that, and kind of got into the waters of, of really realizing and knowing that talking to other people about what you believe as a Christian uh, does not need to be filled with a bunch of fear and anxiety, and, and in particular around the the idea of, am I going to have all the right answers, or are they going to be able to stump me with, with some question or some idea? Hmm. And if you really think about... I think we. I think I might even even mention this that sometimes I think the church actually like instills that fear. Like we'll hold these big evangelistic seminars yeah. and get real complex and like apologetic. Apologetics have like memorized this level and one, level this. two, yeah. So you almost sometimes leave going like, okay, I feel more equipped, but I also feel like more scared because I've never even thought about any of these issues, and now I'm realizing like these are issues or objections that now I've got to figure out how to answer. I think that. Um, I think that. Sharing our faith uh, and what we believe is can be far less anxiety-ridden and fear-ridden if we kind of almost step back and think just logically and reasonably about things, yeah. um, especially, quite frankly, the, the more non-Christian our culture becomes, meaning... You know, if if decades ago it was much more normal for people to go, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, right? Even though a lot of those people that said they're Christians, like this was me in my childhood, probably for a while. Like I would have always said I'm a Christian, but there was definitely a point where I really wasn't, and I don't think I had faith. Honestly, those webs sometimes are harder to untangle. If you're talking to someone that says, "Yes, I'm a Christian," yeah. Um, but then perhaps as you talk and as you uncover beliefs or practices, you go like, okay, I don't, I don't quite know if we're on the same page here about what we mean. Yeah. Sometimes that conversation can actually be harder than, than like a full on non-Christian who has like a full systematic set of beliefs about the universe. Cause <laughs> once you get into those beliefs, it can become almost kind of like interesting, like, yeah. wow, I'm actually, this is actually easier to talk about what I believe. And I even feel a bit more like perhaps the more reasonable person. So that's good. We'll kind of riff on this a bit, but, yeah. um, Jeff, you have a bunch of experience, especially from back when the dinosaurs walked and you were in <laughs> campus crusade. You're such a loser. Were you in campus crusade? Yes, I was. Campus crusade in uh -huh. like Russia or yeah wherever um you have yeah. a ton of experience point being with evangelism and and just talking to uh non-christians yeah i've got a good amount of experience at, of that as well but what are reasons you think um just to start riffing on this a bit of why christians should probably have far less anxiety yeah that's so good well, remember you were we were beginning our conversation before we turned on the mic and you mentioned that you heard someone say a response of like, who was it? Some lady yeah. was talking and she was asked, you know, who is God or is that, that what can it was? you prove the, like prove to me the existence of God? And she says, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. No. I think that's more, I, that's what I, I would like us to have. If there's any encouragement that we would have that kind of like relaxation and curiosity and just be, uh, not full of anxiety and not feel like you have to have four volumes of apologetics memorized. You know, I think that that phrase, uh, reason to believe, know the reasons you believe, I mm -hmm. think has been overdone 
in the whole apologetic world. Um, I think things that are helpful for me, one of the things that's been most helpful, one of the most helpful approaches to me is just, uh, me, like how I'm approaching this. Um, if I recognize that it's going to take a miracle for this person to become a Christian, that's an amazing thing to think about. Uh, so it's really not going to be, uh, God's going to use a lot of things. He's going to use your kindness. He's going to use you actually caring about the person. He's going to use you listening. He's going to use logic. He's going to use all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, but the bottom line is it's going to take Jesus calling Lazarus out of the tomb. And Paul makes that real clear. The light of the glory of Christ shines in our heart. And so Jesus shows up in the preaching of the gospel. He shows up in good news, and then he speaks us to himself. He calls us back to life. He shows up, and you see him, and you trust him. So for me, what's really important is to somehow get to the good news sooner than later. It doesn't mean you're obnoxious about it, but that's where you want to go. And you know that the person uh, needs literally to be raised from the dead. And so it's not, again, it's going to be the power of the gospel that does that. Um, so one of the things I think it's helpful for me over all these years of talking to college students all over the world and people here uh, in Waco um, and being at some of the most elite schools in the country, um, curiosity is one of the greatest things you can have um, in talking with people, to be just incredibly curious uh, if you have an agenda, let's put it this way. You you know that when you go home for Thanksgiving or you talk to anybody, you know and you can smell an agenda anytime there's a conversation. Even if with your wife, if you're married and you know she gives you that, that well, um, honey, can we talk? There's an agenda. You know, like, hey, how was your day? Hey, can we? Oh, that's what this is about, right? Uh, so agendas are easy to smell. They're easy to recognize. But a curiosity actually like um, engages relationally. So I'm just going to ask questions. Like I'm with somebody and it's just asking questions. And maybe it is. It's like, what do you, I mean, when you think about God, who do you think, you know, what do you think about? And whatever the person and your curiosity by asking questions and interacting with them, you're going to learn tons and you're going to find tons of ways to actually connect that are going to be more significant than whatever apologetic thing you have ready to fire off at them mm -hmm. on the historical reliability of the Bible or uh, Lord liar lunatic or whatever it is that you're going to talk to them about. So curiosity is a big one. Uh, I think the other thing that's helpful is recognizing again that uh, in the realm of creation and the realm of redemption are two different realms in terms of truth and navigating. And so, they're going to be navigating in the realm of creation, but not in the realm of redemption. And that realm is revelation. So we're back again that God reveals himself. Remember, Jesus told the disciples when they accurately affirmed who he was, he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? My God in heaven revealed that to mm -hmm. you. So that's confidence, right? So you're going into a situation knowing that God himself reveals and shows up and speaks and works and says, Lazarus, come out. You don't know what he's going to use, um, but you know it's going to be the gospel, divine revelation. Second thing is just recognizing that 
already the person that you're talking to is already in a very uncomfortable position, and that's why you can be incredibly curious. Romans 1 tells us that every human being that is apart from God right now is in a pool. You're in the pool of creation where God is being announced everywhere. And it's like you're in a pool and you've got these beach balls all over the pool called truth. And the person in the pool is desperately trying to hold down these beach balls in the pool, hold them down, suppress the truth. And so a real disadvantage already they are at is that they're working incredibly hard to suppress the truth, hold down the beach balls of truth in their life. And so Jonathan Edwards, he was really interesting. What he would do is he'd just kind of find out where they were suppressing it, where they're holding it down, and he would just start prying their fingers off of it. And eventually they can't hold that. And then they're, they'll go over here and try to hold another one down. And he would do his best. He thought, saw apologetics as helping them release their grip on whatever they're suppressing and then lead them right to Jesus from that point. Uh, a church history professor of mine said that Edwards would take you into a house and blow up that idea, lead you out of that house and lead you to another idea, blow that one up until there's nothing left standing but Jesus right there. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the most helpful things you can do for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some primary thoughts. I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff that you can then communicate to people. But I think, number one, think about yourself. How are you approaching this? Um, you are approaching this as an ambassador. You're approaching this as you care about this person. You're approaching this person as you are bringing good news, mm-hmm. what they need. Uh, you're the one that is the agent of divine revelation, mm-hmm. which is what it's going to take. God shining the light of Christ into their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus showing up and saying, Lazarus, come out. Uh, so you should be incredibly confident. Um, you can't raise the dead. Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Then after you're incredibly confident that this is God's work, that he's the one that work, and he's the one that's going to do it, and he's the one that does it, then you can, you're relaxed. You can be incredibly curious and really try to see where is this person how is God already at work in this person's life? And try to figure out where that is and how you can be a part of moving them either to Jesus and they finally come forward, or you take them another step of the way towards releasing some of the suppression of truth that they're involved in and making it, uh, well, just making it more susceptible I guess, to receiving the gospel whenever that happens. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's huge that, that piece of like not having an agenda. So I, I think that, I think that sometimes the uh, tools that we have in terms of how might I present the gospel, um, we make, you know, the, we make that tool uh, almost like the ultimate, I'm not, I don't know how to say this, but like the agenda where yeah. it's like, Nothing else matters unless I present this. I've got to give them script. this. Yeah. Um, as opposed to going, no, no, no. This is like my tool, but then I also have ten other tools. Yeah. Like I could present it this way. I could present it this way. I could get to like the gospel comes up if we talk about this subject or this subject. Yeah. So now I'm just <clears throat> in a conversation with someone. Maybe naturally, maybe it's not so much of a natural, but you're in a conversation with someone. Yeah. 
and oh, this is the question that they're asking or what they've been thinking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, now I can utilize this tool, quote unquote, to yeah. kind of get there. So you're starting with them and kind of where they're at. This video that, that you mentioned that I randomly came across on Instagram, it was hilarious um, and I think actually had just an amazing underlying truth to it because it kind of turned the tables sometimes where I think sometimes, I know this in my own life, I will feel like, oh, as a Christian, I'm on my heels already. Like, yeah. I have such an upward battle and hill to explain my crazy, weird beliefs. <laughs> and all I've heard from, like, the rest of the world is that my beliefs are weird and crazy, and there's, like, no evidence, and it's Irrational. so silly, yeah. and, you know, whatever. So I can already feel, you know, like on my heels, but this video, this girl's basically joking around saying like, let me give you some really good responses to common objections to Christianity. You know, so it'd be like, prove to me that God exists. Response, no. And what's funny about that is that it's kind of honestly, it, it, someone might try to back you into a corner and go like, prove to me God exists. And you might be like, I don't have time, Yeah, you know? Or honestly, you might go like, I can't. And sometimes that can feel very defeating, but it's like right now you and me sitting here, if I were to go, Jeff, prove to me your truck is outside right now, you would probably feel like in a mental puzzle to be like, how do I do that? Absolutely. Because you would go, well, I'm here, aren't I? And I'd be like, yeah, but like your wife might've dropped you off. Yeah. Prove to me your truck is outside right now in the parking lot. You'd be like, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't know with an unbelievable amount of confidence that your truck is in the parking lot right yeah. so again it's one of those things of like even that kind of objection like the silly answer of like no which probably isn't the best way to approach it it at least shines a little bit of light of like don't feel like oh that that tough question has now backed you into a corner it's a game yeah game you know how about it. how about you know like just honestly with utmost confidence maybe going like oh i i can't do that i could direct you to some people who really can do a really good job of that like let me give it my best shot yeah um you know and then one of them one of her silly responses i think actually shed great light on a, a truth where it was like the objection was something like the bible can't be trusted and her response was you're gonna die and wither away like grass one day hmm. And what was great about that was that it was like, I think that there is so much truth to reality that sometimes when people are spewing out their objections to Christianity or the things they have a problem with, it cuts to the heart of the matter to go, okay, 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 I get it. You have a problem with all these things. Yeah. Some of them I have an answer to, some I don't. What are you? What do you think about your own upcoming death? It is on the calendar you haven't been shown that calendar, but there's a date set for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to die. Do you know what happens afterwards? No, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fine. How sure are you that it will be fine? Like, yeah. do you know what's going to happen? No, right. I don't know. Suddenly you might, um, you might actually start talking about what really matters to them, where some of the other things are almost like these facades of like, do you really think the Bible's not trustworthy or did your college professor tell you that? And that was yeah. a great way for you to kind of soothe your conscience and your fear about dying. But you forgot you actually still are going to die, you know? Mm. Um, 
I think the other thing too to say in this, so I think some of those reasons are reasons that Christians don't have to have so much anxiety or fear is because sometimes we can just be like, oh, I don't have an answer to that or like, or maybe even realize in a conversation, is that really the issue at hand? Yeah. Or, or is there maybe like a bigger issue, you yeah. know, that we should talk about? Um, huh. I think the other thing too with that is that, which by the way, on the death thing, I mean, a lot of times culturally that that is what naturally comes up anyway like this happened the other day someone was talking about how they don't believe in uh the god of the bible and immediately that person on their own went to you know and if i die and if that god is real and he sends me to hell then yeah. so be it yeah and it's like ooh, interesting like so you are thinking about death in the afterlife and what happens after death and maybe like you just admitted maybe he is real because you just admitted you might face him so whatever was said before that about how he was confused about what is said in this chapter of this book of the bible apparently you are already thinking about big matters it makes me think of the human condition you know it makes me think that that's a that's a a universal for sure reality and uh that that's one of the things everybody's trying to hold down for sure and it pops up Suppress the idea that like, yeah, you're going to die and what's going to happen. I think another thing too, especially I mentioned this as our culture moves away from kind of cultural Christianity more and more. I just learned this like uh, over the summer that apparently crystals are a big thing. Have you heard about this? No. So I didn't know about this either. I mean, I do know like out West, obviously. Apparently like crystals are now a big thing about um, like picking up vibes from crystals. Yeah. And so you have like crystal shops popping up. My brother was telling me a story that he walked in. My brother, uh, who's a Christian, he walked into a store and was like playing the part and was like, yeah, I feel a vibe from this crystal and like messing with the store owner with his like uh, high school son just dying laughing apparently in the background. Uh, But yeah, so so we have, you know, and, and what is very popular nowadays is talking about like manifesting your future. And like, if you believe you're going to be successful and you're rich and you like wake up and say those affirmations and go through your list of gratitude and you manifest it out there to the universe, like the universe will take care of things. I was watching the new like squid games, reality game show. Yeah. You know, and someone said that they were like, let's just like throw it to the universe in all seriousness. They're saying this, you know, like we'll let the universe decide and you go, okay, So I'm told that I'm the silly one to believe that this insanely complex world with insanely complex creatures, such as the human being, Mm. I'm told that it's silly to believe that there's no designer behind it. There's no God. There's no creator. That the universe came from itself. Right. Which is like the definition of circular reasoning. Hey, where did this all come from? It came from a big bang. Oh, so it came from itself. Yeah. So that's not my question. You know, or that's not, that doesn't answer anything for me. I'm told it's silly to believe there's a designer behind this insanely designed world, right? Um, I'm told it's silly to take seriously uh, this guy named Jesus who, who clearly historically lived, who clearly historically had people who said, yeah, we saw him uh, after he was clearly executed. I'm told that's silly. But in response, I'm told to believe that rocks, crystals, can give off good, somehow like spiritual vibes and guidance to me. And then I'm told to like manifest to the universe 
and let's be clear when we talk about the universe we're literally talking about dirt yeah like the universe is not a being it's it's fire dirt. it's like rocks on fire in this in space it's dirt beneath your feet when we say like oh we'll let the universe decide you're literally talking to dirt and bark and dead leaves and worms <laughs> so right. long long story long here long point long is <laughs> i think that christian sometimes we buy into this idea that what we believe is very unreasonable yeah right we sell ourselves and, out, right? and silly and we feel like we're we're backed uh, up on our heels when the counterpoints uh-huh. are like hey have you looked into the rocks because <laughs> the rocks might really be able to offer you a future yeah. a hope and a future and prosperity yes. and and you're like i'm pretty sure that what i believe is far more logical yeah. and far more reasonable and and at the very least at the very least, like, let's say I don't believe any of it. At the very least, I would much rather look into this ancient book called the Bible that billions of people have been staking their lives on, that outside of the Bible is affirmed and confirmed constantly. I would much rather look into that, given the fact that I am going to die one day, and given the fact that the leader in the Bible says that he came to defeat death yeah, and claims the Bible as well as extra biblical sources claim that that leader did die and then did walk out of his grave. Seems like he defeated my biggest enemy and problem puzzle to solve, which is my own death. Yeah. It seems far more reasonable for me to look into that stuff and take it really, really serious than to manifest my destiny to crickets yeah and rocks and balls of fire yeah. in space that's so good so yes yeah, so like who's, good. who's the silly one here yeah i mean so you get the you're you're it's like we're in reality and that so the the position of the christian is hey listen you're living in reality right now this person is not and and their view of unreality will collapse on itself yeah it is a suppression it is yeah it's a glass house. And I like that because I like to that. But it, if you're curious, you can get to those kind of responses. Right. Which is needs to happen because it's good for people to actually verbalize what they think reality is and what they believe, what the truth is. Right. Uh, it's helpful for them. And it's helpful for you to then be curious some more and just kind of push on those yeah. things. Yeah. Just push on them. That's all. You're just going to kind of gently push on them, uh, help them think what they're saying and the logical truth of yeah. what they're saying. Right. And then, and then you can connect, you know, you can kind of connect with that spot, bring Jesus to that spot. Um, and actually maybe rewrite that whole interaction. Right. Uh, with death and Jesus being the conqueror of death and the human condition of what is absolutely true and everyone feels because everyone has a God-shaped, God-sized hole in their soul and you just kind of keep pointing to that hole and moving things away so that they have to address that hole because they feel it and then give them the one that conquered death and give them the one that rose from the dead and give them the one who is not in the tomb. Right. 
And again, God is the one that, that opens eyes and speaks people to life and raises the dead and says, Lazarus, come out. So uh, you're, you're participating in a really incredible miracle. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, and, and even the gospel being a historical event, you know, that you talk about this a lot, that the gospel is recounting historical real events that happened in real time and space yeah, uh, on our planet and interpreting those events, you know. You have this real uh, man, Jesus, really died, really rose from the dead. Um, okay, and, and then interpreting those events. This is why he lived. This is who he is as the son of God. This is what his death accomplished and did and his resurrection accomplished. Um, even the fact that it's all historical ties into like, hey, we're just believing in like reasonable things here, yeah. you know, reasonable historical events. So if it if it really happened, then we actually should expect that perhaps there's documents outside of the Bible that talk about this man named Jesus. You know, if he really did live and cause the big, uh, as big of a stir as he has caused, mm-hmm. oh, and lo and behold, there are. Lo and behold, you know, there's historical documents that talk about him and things like that. So I, I think pressing into um, just being like very simply reasonable yeah. and logical. Yeah. You know, I, I even think you know, common objections where people, you know, nowadays culturally too, like with homosexuality, it's like, you know, the Bible calls homosexuality a sin. Like how, how dare the Bible do that? I think sometimes we can fall into a trap with that or many other issues and yeah. go, Oh now I've got to prove like why actually you could just go, Hey, just hypothetically speaking here, like if the God of the Bible is real and if there is a God, it makes sense that he would determine what's right and wrong. Right. Yes, that make that does make sense. If there was a God, he can determine. Okay, so in the Bible, if he determines that wearing jeans is a sin, who are we to object to him if he is real? You know, and that's where you might get to, well, you know what? Maybe he does that, but I don't like him anyway. You go, oh, okay, so this isn't so much about proving he's real or proving what's right and wrong so much as about you and your heart don't like him. Yeah. Interesting, hmm. you know, okay. Just through like simple reason, like yeah. I don't have to prove why this is a sin or not, or, or this complex issue in Leviticus so much as go, hey, if he's real, can he just determine whatever the heck he wants to determine and do whatever he wants to do, and we just have to submit to it? Yeah, that would make sense in theory. Okay, cool. So let's just pretend like that. Do you want to follow him? No, not at all, because yeah. I disagree with him. Right. Oh, okay. You know, so maybe maybe the problem is we're like born enemies of him and we don't like him. Hmm. You know, maybe maybe demons do know a lot about God and they yeah, they know Jesus died and rose and they don't like him. Their problem isn't apologetics. It's different. Maybe our problem is not so much answers to our objections so much as like we just we're born like really not liking him. Yeah. And we need a new heart, you know, not a heart of stone. It's good. All right, hopefully this is helpful, takes out some of the anxiety, some of the fear. Um, Tell the truth. You know, as Paul said, don't be ashamed of the gospel. We are just messengers. Um, And ultimately, God makes alive, so we trust him. Until next time.